Everybody's got a story. As you start to untangle and unwind yours, you deserve support and guidance on that path. Welcome to the Story Healer Sessions. Today we have our second session with Amber Stevens, where we have the unique opportunity to hear how it went after the first session and what she thought about the experience and how people reacted to the insight that came. As with last time, Amber brings such an amazing vulnerability and honesty and bravely explores new parts of herself and her relationships. Let's get started. Thank you so much for coming back to do a second session because the first one was so amazing. I'm thrilled that we get to crack into it all again. How did it go after the last session? Well, I would say so immediately after was like, like in my car driving home was like a a wave of relief and like Mm. really being proud of myself for walking through. I mean, it might seem like not a big deal to other people, but just like coming and being videotaped, being recorded, (laughs) like not my comfort zones for my own reasons. But, um, I was really proud of myself. I felt just Mm kind of euphoric, almost kind of like huge weight lifted off. And I called my daughter on the way home and was able to connect with her Mm -hmm. from after talking with you. It really opened up the door for my heart to really want to immediately connect with her and be like, and just to have a talk with her, Uh um, which was really special for me and needed. Like I needed that, just that little bit of connection with her. Yeah. Um, But then, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm curious how she received that. I mean, because it yeah. had to be kind of out of the blue thing and you're in these heightened emotions, you know? <laughs> I think at first she was like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, like, and then like, you know, when you, as a mom, when your kids, especially when your adult kids tell you they're mm-hmm. proud of you, oh. it really does something different. Like when your kids are little and they're sweet and they tell you like, mama, you're pretty or mom, you like, yeah. that feels good. But having them be a full fledged adult like and and to say like they're proud of you really it does something that I don't even know how to explain it's it's something really wonderful you have to look forward to yeah no I'm absolutely checking that in my heart like oh I can't imagine that would be incredible it feels good because I feel like as for me how I've parented is I've poured my entire self into my children and so Mm. I'm like taking back some of my yeah myself and putting it back into myself but because they don't need, they never, they, first of all, as I learned last time, <laughs> they never needed all of that. Um, and I do, I need me back, right? That's oh. what the card's about anyways, like that we picked. Yes. Like, so that was big for me to be able to kind of like acknowledge to her verbally, like you yeah. don't need me. Like, I, you know, you are perfect the way you are. You're going to be great. If you need extra love and support, tag me in whenever you want, but I don't need to hover around like this, like octopus. Yeah. Like, what do you need? Do you, do you need this? Can I do it? And it's like, that's just ridiculous. She she doesn't need it. She probably never wanted it or needed it, but wow. there I was. She is literally going to get a different mother moving forward. Yeah. Like, she's going to get to have the experience that so many people want. I hope so. You know, where yeah. we're like, gosh, I can see the ways that my mother really didn't show up 
in the way I needed, you know, like we talked about before, like we parent our children (laughs) as the parent we needed, you know, so she had that experience. Yeah. And now she has that person saying, wow, you are really different than me. I can't wait to learn how to parent you better. Yeah. Oh my God. So, I mean, it was pretty, so that was awesome. And so I can, you know, felt really happy and euphoric and, yeah. And then as the night went on, I started just feeling like nervous because mm-hmm. I really couldn't remember like things I had said. And so, and I don't really like, as I'm like sitting with it more and like saying it out loud to someone other than my husband, like I'm nervous. <laughs> like I really don't, I don't have things to be nervous about because I spoke my truth. Like we right. talked about, right. And this is my truth for me. Mm-hmm. And I did I agreed to this because it's part of doing something for me. And then ironically, here we have this card, which is like, probably if I'd gone through the cards, it would have been like the card. I would have been like, I don't want to pick this card after looking at the rest of the cards. Just because I still feel like very, like almost like a newborn, like learning, like what does spark joy for me? You know, like what, what do I need to do? And so it's like that feeling of like, um, not being, good enough or not there yet the insecurities mm-hmm. of like and that's just part of this card right if I really think about it just in my brain yes there's no wrong answer to this there's there's only the answers yeah right exactly so it's like I don't know why I make life so hard for myself but here I you am. know and I love the point that you brought up there that so much about this card is like the parts of ourselves that we have held back because we aren't sure how they're going to be received yeah. we keep showing up in those same patterns which is you know what you were talking about last time really like being so focused on the external and so yeah this card would be so uncomfortable yeah because it asks you to look at the internal And what is joy for you? And what is, you know, like your personal spark in that? Yeah. And if you've been so focused on everyone else, that is an incredibly daunting question. And I think people are so surprised because it's like, man, it's the easiest thing in the world. What do you want to do? You know, like what makes you happy? And it's like, no, you don't understand. It's never been safe to look at that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you went right to the deep end of the pool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, look at my own self. Actually, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Wow, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, yeah, because like I know when we when I first came and we talked briefly before you pushed, you know, record. the record button. <laughs> what like my worry was like getting a card that would be focused on like grief or something that yeah. was really like I know for myself is just really too scary to go to. But I was like, okay, if it happens, then then mm-hmm. we'll saddle up and we'll, we'll, we'll do this. But this is almost, and I hate to say this cause it's, it sounds horrible. This is almost worse for me than, than like, because yeah. grief is somewhere that I've been comfortable to be. Joy is somewhere that feels foreign. Oh, so you just like gave me full body. <laughs> so that. I'm working on it. You know, I'm working yeah. on getting back to that place, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but it'll be, it's, it's been interesting for sure. And I, and I felt very lucky because, um, this is a really safe place to do this. And I am just like shocked, like not that it wouldn't be safe, but I was shocked at how, like I felt leaving. Awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. oh, well that, that wasn't bad. Like, we did it. <laughs> we survived, you know? Yes. <laughs> totally. Totally. So. Um, So, like, when you're describing that feeling there, it makes me think of how 
often we treat old stories as like the shadow in the corner that we don't want to look at. Yeah. Right? It's We can see it in our periphery. We know it's there. We really don't want to deal with it. It seems overwhelming. And when we actually do turn, yeah. we're like, oh my God, it was this tiny little thing casting this huge shadow. And now that I've looked about it, I'm like giddy with relief. Yeah. It's, you know, that, that euphoria of like, oh my gosh, this is all it was? I can sit with this. Yeah, and it's been good. This has been a really good, I mean, I highly suggest this to, to anybody that's open to it. Because it's, it's been, it's it's good. It's And I wouldn't say easy, because it's not easy to sit still with mm-hmm. myself. I know that. Like, that's a really hard thing to be just still. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's something that I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So for me, this is like where the midwifery tie-in comes in every time. Yes, you could absolutely give birth on your own. You could go through that pregnancy on your own. Like we are biological creatures. We are mammals who are designed to give birth. That is absolutely true. Yeah. But the experience you would be signing yourself up for versus letting yourself have that support and a guide to walk you through it. Or when you get like stuck in that spiral or you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to go from here. It's like inviting that help to say, I I see where I want to get to and Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be more challenging to do it on my own. I would love to have support and a guide. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because there's, there are like, I mean, let's be real. There are tons of books. There are tons of cards, but without any kind of connection they're just books and cards right exactly and so being able to have like a human being like a real human being that you can connect with that's like mm-hmm. and now like when i like when i'm going through this book i hear your voice asking these <laughs> questions and i'm like i'm like well yes. there we go that's that's the bonus feature right there that we don't have like you go to a bookstore or something and just buy yeah. it but it is i mean it's i do agree like i definitely um i i have not in my life ever had to walk alone through things and I'm mm. grateful for that yeah but I need to remember that it's I I push a help away a lot because I mm-hmm. just like I'm I'm gonna do this I'm an independent person and mm-hmm. and I can still be independent and still have help along the way I need help along the way I obviously yeah. need to be asked questions because these are not questions I would just randomly ask myself no who would that's crazy oh my gosh <laughs> you know like Please. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I definitely, this is not my, this is not something I would ever ask myself. Like, Totally, totally. Um, okay, so a question popped up there for me about asking for help. And that is something that is, uh, I'm just going to generalize, it is so universal among women. Yeah. Right? That is something we can see in ourselves, in our family members, in our friends. So everybody has a different motivation as to why asking for help is difficult for them do you have a sense of why it's difficult for you um well I mean I'm just gonna be real real about this control I mean Ah. because like I mean let's just like just very topical like you know um when our kids were younger and my husband would help me and I'm using air quotes if you can't see the (laughs) video um get the kids ready or do whatever you know I had a routine and I, you like, that's, that's my idea of like him helping me was him doing my routine. Yeah. I couldn't get out of my own head to be like, I'm not like the parent police. Like he needs mm-hmm. to have his own way. And I wish like hindsight swing 20, I wish we could go back and redo a lot of that just in the mm-hmm. sense that I feel like it robbed our kids of their experience of their father being able to be their father Yeah, because that's completely two different lanes. Mm. I 
didn't have the self-awareness at the time. I was raised by a single mother. I, I just didn't have those, those tools. I never mm-hmm. saw like what a two-person family like really looked like, like in that sense. Right. And so I, that's something for me, like that would just be like a very easy, broad answer for that, for asking mm-hmm. for help is like the control of like when I need help, I need, I'm usually in such a state that my comfort is then just if I, I, I can only control, I can control these things or I can control how this is being done. I have no control in life. It's been, I'm reminded of that daily. I'm reminded of it when there's crisis is like literally no control. Yeah. And so it's learning to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And like, if I ask for help and I get help, it doesn't really matter like how they got to that point. If I'm getting the assistance that I need, like right. I don't need to conduct how that happens. Mm-hmm. So it's letting go of those reins. Yeah. And it feels icky. But yeah, I'm I'm a control freak, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Preaching to the choir, I like identify with that so much. So I want to pull that thread for you. I'm curious, like if you were to go back in that situation, your kids are young, mm-hmm. you need help. What would you like if you could be that kind, loving mother who steps into that space? What is it that you tell yourself there? Just, I mean, really just to like, let go and trust, like just to really trust, Mm. trust my partner. And, and that, and that's the thing, that's the rub because I've never not trusted my husband. Right. And so it's my own crap that I've carried along with me. We all have our luggage. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm working on those things. I'm working, you know, with my own therapy through that. And I, I'm grateful that I am at a place where I'm able to work through that. Mm -hmm. But it also, there's like this like sense of like um, sadness that I I wish I could have been there sooner for our kids to have had that experience. But they're getting their own experience now as adults with their dad. That is really beautiful to see. But it is something that Mm -hmm. I, it's something that I regret. And um, Mm. like when we were, when I was doing my, my little part um, for my part two, which I forgot my, book but when I journaled about it I the things that was that came for me from that was very surprising like mm-hmm. just how I felt about you know like let being able to let go like what would what would joy look like for me like true mm-hmm. joy and yeah. it'd be like letting go of shame and regret it would be like acknowledging yeah I I coulda shoulda woulda uh-huh. but I didn't and here we are and I can only do better going forward totally like forgiving myself like mm-hmm. giving myself grace I would give anybody else grace in that situation oh my gosh so that's the curious part for me where it's like a little bit incongruent and I wonder if there's an old story that can be set down because I hear what you're saying where you've never not trusted your husband yeah and also in those situations you would tell yourself to trust him but I wonder if it's almost a layer behind that where oh. you could tell yourself it's okay to trust you Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. Right. That's Mm -hmm. probably, I mean, I would say that that's, that would probably be more accurate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think it is for so many of us, right? We project out the thing that is really so tender inside of us. Yeah. So if we put you back, you're getting the kids ready, you need help, and you are in that space whispering in your ear, Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask for help. You can trust yourself. I'm curious what it is for you. What is what is the thing that if you trusted yourself, like what autofills in that? 
Dang, I don't know. Now you've just, I, that's like a whole Pandora's box there. Okay. So but I, I mean, I get, I do, I mean, I do really see what you're going with that. And I think for me, I don't think, what I know for me is that um, not being able to, like having to need help somehow along the way has been conditioned in me. Like I'm not enough mm-hmm. and I need to do better. And that. somewhere along the way that, that became like my, like mm-hmm. my, like etched on my soul. Like, you know, yeah. if, if I can't do it, then, then I need to try harder. Like yeah. that I should be able to be everything, do everything and not mm-hmm. have to have help. Yes. And you've articulated that so beautifully. Yeah. That's exactly like what popped into my head yeah. when you were saying it is exactly what you just articulated that, um, also, it made me think like, like I think for a lot of moms, when it's like, okay, I have chosen to have kids. I want to have kids. They are solely my responsibility oh, yeah. because this is something I wanted to do. So I'm not going to ask anything from my partner. If I can't do it, then I'm not a good enough mom. So do you feel like that was a part of the young years for your kids or was that not? I don't think so. I mean, so mm-hmm. my, I mean, I had my first son um I had very young and Mar- my husband and I were not married he adopted mm-hmm. him later on and so I was a single parent a young single parent like my mom was and so I kind of like repeating like that history right yeah and um so I did I did really like I I when I found out I was pregnant it was not a planned pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, it was a surprise. And I, when I realized I was pregnant and realized I was going to go through with this pregnancy, I promised myself that, you know, I was going to be a good mom. Like I was just, my child was going to be my life. Like, and so I glommed onto that. And then yeah. as soon as I, even though I had a partner later on, yep, I never relinquished. And I just stayed like that, like a, mm-hmm. a married single parent. Yeah. And I, I really, you know, like, that's something that I mean totally did and I can totally I can see that now very clearly (laughs) wow um and I didn't allow the space like yeah in some areas I did but when it came down to it like you know very high stress situations I was probably like a linebacker just like clearing the field like yeah "Yeah, no this is my responsibility no one else on the field you know it's like yeah and that's ridiculous like I can see that now but then, no, I was just, you know, that's what mom's, I'm being a mom. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Well, and like, <laughs> consider the story that you were given from your mom yeah. was that same thing. I am the one. Yeah. I am the one that will, you yeah. know, move, move both of us forward in life. And my mom really did. I mean, she had a group of really good friends, but mm. at the end of the day, it was my mom and I against the world. And totally. And so, you know, I'd say we did a pretty good job, we're, you yeah. know, but I... Going forward, I, t- I totally didn't have to live in that mm-hmm. space, but I, I did without even being yeah. cognitive of it. Hey, Story Healer. I wanted to take a minute and ask if you'd heard about the fight languages yet. This is something new that JP and I recently launched, and it's a quiz on my website at lanamorgan.com where you can discover a lot more about the productive and protective ways that you show up in conflict. There's six different fight languages, and I'm curious to know which one you resonate most with. Maybe you can recognize your partner in one, your parent. It really gives us a lot of information and empathy for the ways that the people around us are showing up in conflict as well. 
So if you're interested to know what your fight language is, again, the quiz is at lanamorgan.com. And you can also download the quick guide where you get a full page on each of the fight languages. This is how we start building a lot more curiosity, understanding, and empathy for ourselves and the people around us, especially in tense places like conflict. All right, let's get back to Amber's session. So when you think of asking for help Mm -hmm. and receiving it and trusting yourself in that space, what is the scariest outcome of that? Like, what is the worst case scenario that you've been avoiding by not doing that? Well, I think clearly, like we just talked about, was that it's it's my own shame for not being able to do everything and be everything. And so, I mean, yeah. that's, it's so, it's just so lasered in. It's such an egotistical thing, like mm-hmm. sitting here being able to like see that black and white. Mm-hmm. But it's never felt like that inside. It's just felt oh, like totally. icky, right? Just felt yeah. scary and like, they're not going to help me the way I need them to help me. And it's like, it's just easier. Yeah. I can't count on anybody. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Actually, I've had I've had somebody I could count on the whole time that I just didn't allow to help me, and that feels almost worse. <laughs> I'm going to be quite honest. Really, wow. Because okay. it feels like I mean, like I was saying, like I've really robbed an experience for 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 myself mm-hmm. and for our children, for my husband. That's that's a pretty icky feeling. Like when you when you think that's back about it, you know. Yeah. Okay. I can see how you're getting to that. It's the. And of course, I'm not you. This is not my lived history. But like in my body, it was like, oh, I felt my shoulders drop with that. Like, oh, my God, what a relief because you're so aware of it now and you can articulate it. Yeah. I think like so often when we have these places of regret where we realize, oh, God, I thought I was doing a great job and I was not showing up the way people needed. Yeah. It's like we want to go back in time and do it differently. But the most powerful thing we can do is to acknowledge it in the now. Okay. And it's like, I'm sure there's a scientist out there that could tell me what it is that happens, but it almost literally rewrites the past. Okay. Because you're not all still here tied into that story anymore. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I can get that. And yeah. You've, you've literally moved everyone to a new reality. Yeah. Where you can talk about the past and say... Man, I thought I was killing it. And as I got older, I could see, like, I was just really controlling it. Yeah. And, you know, like, I am thrilled the way you guys are building a relationship with your dad now. Because he's amazing. Yeah. That's why I was so excited to raise children with him. (laughs) He's an amazing dad. I'm so glad you're getting the full experience of that now. Okay. I'm going to hold on to that energy then. And and I'm going to settle into it. Yeah. This is like, but that, that's, that's eye opening for me. That, that is like, for me, that's, I mean, that's part of that letting go of the shame. Yeah. 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 Cause totally. at the root of it, I think that's, I don't think that's what it is for me at the mm-hmm. root of it. It's the shame of like not being able to have, I mean, and you're right. Just acknowledging it, I think is, is letting go of the shame. It's just getting there. It's still like, it's, it's kind of oh, like, yeah. it's just that settling. It's like that murky water. Like I feel like we just shook up a jar of like silt and it's just still kind of floating down but right um okay so you're welcome to not answer this question everybody's shame says something different to them Mm -hmm. so my shame for example tells me you don't matter people don't care about you yeah and I'm curious what your shame says to you um well 
I says that I'm not, I'm not worthy of love. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and what is it that it is, what's the next line that it's saying there? You're not worthy of love because, because I'm just not good enough. Mm. Oh man. I feel that. Yeah. So, which in my brain I get is so not true. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, surrounded by a lot of love, but there's just that part of me that um, holds on to that. Holding that idea of that shame Mm -hmm. that says you're not worthy of love because you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel that most noticeably in your body? Oh, like in my gut right now. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what does it feel like in your gut? I mean, it doesn't feel good. It's just like a, like a stone. It's just like very heavy. It just feels, it just feels like a stone or like a huge weight. I love how you've described that. Cause like for me, when it's anything about my gut, it always feels tight in knots. It's like really, it's like up high and tense. Oh. So I love that like yours (laughs) is like that weighted stone. That's so interesting. This is why I love like, like nobody there's nothing that anybody could do that's the same across the board, you know? That is very true. And so often we take somebody else's experience and think we're supposed to have the same one. Okay. You know? So, like, for you, shame lives in your gut. Yeah. And it's heavy and it's weighted. Yeah. That's such powerful information to have. So we're going to put, like, what I think of as, like, a map flag in that feeling. Okay. Okay. We've, I, we know what it is. Okay. And we know where it lives. And we know what that shame is telling us. Okay. You're not worthy of being loved because you're not good enough. So we have now identified it. And we have taken a feeling that would have felt systematic mm-hmm. before I asked you exactly where it lived. Right? Yeah. You would have been feeling that through. I'm flooded with shame. Yeah. Right? But now we know, oh, it's actually just right there. Yeah. You know? So when you feel that feeling of shame, you're going to see, you're going to, it's like going to ping the map pin that's in it. Okay. And you're going to know, oh, this is my shame talking to me right now. Okay. So we're going to set that down and we're going to step to the right here. Now, there is a version of mothering that only you have access to. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no way your mom could have showed up in this way because she doesn't live inside of you and she didn't know exactly what you needed. Yeah. She did an incredible job trying to be so aware of you and responsive to your needs. Mm -hmm. But she didn't live inside of you. Correct. So you have access to a version of mother that says exactly what you need to hear. Okay. So looking at that shame you've... I always, in my mind, I'm like, like, step outside of myself. (laughs) Okay. Because I can't access it when I am, like, steeped on the inside. Yeah. But I can, like, from outside of myself, I can look at it. Yeah. So what is it that mother says to the amber that is holding that heavy weight of shame? That I'm more than enough. You know, Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm more than enough that I'm worthy Mm -hmm. and that I'm safe, that it's safe to be, you know, just to feel the safeness of being enough. Like 
don't have to do another thing, I'm I'm safe and I'm loved. That's gonna make me cry. <laughs> well, here I just use this one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's that would that would be what I would need to hear and what I need to hear. Okay. So as that unconditional loving self tells you oh babe I see you doing that thing I think you just forgot you are so safe yeah you don't have to do a single other thing to deserve to be loved unconditionally I'm here looking at you in this space as you are right now you couldn't do a single other thing to make me love you more Check in with that, like, boulder of shame for me and tell me, like, how is that feeling there? I mean, I I would, I mean, I, like, just, I feel, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say free because that's not the right word, but I feel relief. I feel like I can, like, I can breathe, like I'm breathing deeper, breathing better. Yeah. I don't feel so tight, so mm-hmm. weighted. So weighted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're so good at this stuff. I just love how you're articulating it. So no, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna remember to do that because that's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Much better place. Yeah. Alright. So because I always need to like reiterate for my own self when I'm figuring these things out. So when you notice that there is a weight in your stomach mm-hmm. and it feels heavy and it might feel systemic, but you'll notice, oh, it's like it's pinging that map point there. It's like yeah. a rock in my stomach. You're going to take a step back and see yourself with so much love and say, beautiful one, you are so safe. Okay. There is not a single other thing you could do to make yourself more worthy. It's innate. It is you. You are just walking worthiness. And as long as we need to sit in this feeling, I'm going to sit here with you. Yeah, that's pretty. That would, that's that. That's pretty wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are. You're going to sit there with yourself. You're going to remind yourself. An emotion lasts for 90 seconds. I had no idea. Yeah. It's bananas. Okay. The emotion itself lasts for 90 seconds. Okay. What we, all of us, every single one of us do though, is Mm -hmm. we feel the emotion and we start looking for more stories to attach to it. And we start looking for more proof of why we feel like that. Because are we trying to validate ourselves? Okay. Totally. Okay. We're like, okay, I feel shame. Oh my God. And now I'm thinking about that time in sixth grade. And I messed (laughs) that thing up. And... I was only laughing because that's, okay, gotcha. That that's that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it is the easiest, hardest thing you will ever do to feel shame okay. and to literally tell yourself, right now we feel shame. And I am not going to let myself look for any other reasons why I should feel shame. Okay. It's just that. And you are sitting there right next to yourself and you're telling yourself, as long as you need me in this space, I am here. And then we're just going to sit, breathing down into that stone, and we're going to watch it pass. And it's going to blow your mind the first time it happens. No, I, I mean, 
I 100% believe you because I know, like, when I feel anxious, just, like, reminding myself that this yeah. is going to, like, I've, I mean, I, I've done that for anxiousness, but never yeah. for this. So I can, that's going to be pretty profound for me. Every single emotion, 90 seconds. That I had, I've never heard that before. That is oh, wild. I'm so glad I could <laughs> pull that gem out of my pocket. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it like anytime I mention it, it's always really confusing for people because they're like, "No, I don't think you understand. I can stay in shame for hours." You're and like, I'm like, "No, I, I totally understand. I, I get I, I that. Get, you're yeah. like, I get that way better than I think you realize. Yeah, no. <laughs> totally. Whereas I'm like, 90, I can do anything for ninety seconds. Exactly. Like in my mind, that's where my mind went. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay, I can, I can do that for. And the freedom on the other side of it, yeah is incredible. Something that for, you know, myself, I could have some anxiety show up and it would have, it could have lasted for days. I would still be looking for reasons that I had messed up, that I hadn't done the right thing. Oh, and I missed making that appointment, you know, just building the story. And if I can just, I, so for me, I literally have to say it to myself out loud. I, it can't be one of those like, okay, yeah, I'm thinking about seeing myself in this space. No, I'm literally like, I love you so much. I see you doing that thing. God damn, we do not want to be in this space, but it is so easy to be here. Yeah. All right, what we're feeling is shame. It lives here. It feels like this. And we are just going to sit with that feeling. You deserve to have someone sit in this feeling with you. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I breathe. And then I'm like, fuck, why is this so hard every time? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. It's bizarre to me because I would never talk to someone else like that. I would never, like, right, I would, like all right. the crap that we say to ourselves, I would, you know, yeah. I would never say that to someone else. Even if I don't like somebody, I'm, I'm, I mean, I can be snarky, but I'm not typically that cruel. Like, yes. I mean, cruel. That's like, exactly to ourselves. Well. Right. And so, yeah, that's like one of those things that, um, I had written down that I like for my manifestations for going into this year was yeah. not playing all the tapes, all the hateful tapes that, mm-hmm. that, you know, being kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I make a mistake, not immediately like, of course you would. You're an idiot. It's like, right, no, right. no I'm actually not an idiot. I'm pretty smart. <laughs> it's like, yep. It was an accident. It was a mistake. Totally. But on the flip side of that, not apologizing for things that aren't my fault. Mm-hmm. So living in that, living without the word sorry so often, like, yeah, totally. it's kind of like I put out to the universe. I'm sorry for taking up space. And actually I'm not <sighs> sorry for that. I think you really just articulated something that so many women struggle with. Like, I'm sorry for taking up space. You know, let me be smaller. I will try so hard to be smaller so I can exist here. I mean, because then it's like, I think that's why we see so many women at different points of their life. But traditionally, when they get a little older, it's like, I think a lot of times younger women and men or like people around them are thinking they're just unhinged and they're really just like living their to their fullness and they are unapologetic now yeah and it's pretty beautiful it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to, to bear witness to but it's also can be very scary when you're in a place that you're not there yet it mm-hmm. seems just like what is what are they doing 
what is she doing? Why is she doing that? You know, and it's like, and so I feel like that's like where I've been drifting more towards. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of that is just for me, it's, it's where I am at in life. And it's also Mm -hmm. huge being open and willing to, um, grow and like be open to therapy, be open to different things like this that are Mm -hmm. only going to benefit me and those around me that are in my day to day, like being a better version of myself. There's nothing wrong with that. There's only good that comes with that. I know it's like you're, uh, the brave season of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, and it's like, you know, you see all these things like, you know, I talked to my 90 year old grandmother. She said, wear that dress. Use a chain. It's like, yeah, we read that. We all like, Oh, that's so Mm -hmm. great. But how many of us walk and live that? Right. Like barely anybody. It's like you giving me like this cloth tissue. I'm like, I don't want to ruin it. You're like, it's what a washer's for. It's literally this piece of fabrics only job in the world. Yes. Yeah. To catch your snot. I know. But even that felt fancy last week. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm ridiculous sometimes. All right. So there were two questions left on this card. And I will say like, this is so often how my one-on-one sessions go where, you know, we pull the card or we're doing the next card in the journal and we do a question or two. And it, I mean, we could have done, we couldn't, we could have done none questions, like zero questions. Yeah. And just reading about the card, you know, you and I could have pulled all the threads. But for anyone who is like listening and asking the questions for themselves. Yes. This one is a tricky one to answer. So I'm very curious to see how it resonates with you. The question is, the parts of me that I joyfully choose to keep hidden include... Well, there, I believe like all of us, we have parts of ourselves. I I don't know. I don't believe that you ever truly know somebody all the way. Mm -hmm. There's something that no matter how long you've been with somebody and there are parts of, of myself that I keep just for myself. Mm. And so the answer to that is, is that those are for me. And that what I'm happy to say though, is, is that those things come right to mind and they feel good. It feels good oh, to not have to yes. like say it out loud because I have known that. And it feels good to be in a place that I know that that quickly. Yeah, totally. So, and I love like, so a lot of times the, we can think of the parts we keep hidden, but joy is not attached to it. Yeah. You know, so that's definitely like where I want people to get. And I love that you were like immediately there, that they are parts that you have pride in or you just enjoy the feeling of having it to yourself that there is yeah. no like guilt or shame attached to it. High five. High five. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> okay. So the last question, honoring myself, I gently send love to this buried part of me. So this one, I would say like when I journaled about this, what really came to the forefront was just the, truly the unfiltered joyful Mm. person that I filter that I have done like you know like for lack of better explanation like the auto-tuning that we do like to photos sometimes I I want to live more of an unfiltered life that's what I'm striving for because it's not all curated my life is messy Mm -hmm. but it's a, a beautiful mess and so yeah the need to 
have a perfect home, have this, have that, like that stuff, like I, I'm letting go of, I'm just really embracing who I am as a person. Yeah. As a person, just as a person, not as a wife, not as a mom, not as a daughter, but just truly as myself. And so really embracing that. And so that's where, that's the path I'm on and that I'm staying on. Yeah. So when you think of that joyful, unfiltered, messy part of yourself, Mm -hmm. when is the last age you were that you feel like you embodied that? Like, how old are you in that version of yourself? Oh, I mean, I can picture myself. I was tiny. I was little, probably about six or seven years old. Yeah. And just, you know, just spinning, happy. Everything Mm -hmm. was, you know, everything was new and beautiful. Yep. Okay. So picturing her, Mm -hmm. where does she live in your body? Oh, she lives like solidly like in my chest right here. Like, yeah. And I, I feel like that's not always has been there, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that's where, that's where it's been heading. That's where like towards the end of last year where I was like really at the precipice of like feeling like, okay, this new year is going to be a good year for me. It's Mm -hmm. in my, all my years have been good. So that doesn't, but like more of stepping into like really taking care of myself and really like an intentional year. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's yes. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. So, so when you think of her living just solidly in your chest there, what is the feeling that you feel in your body? I mean, I feel joy. I feel warm. I feel happy. I feel like awesome. Just really blissful. I feel at peace. It's like, it's just a very, like a sigh of relief. Like, yeah, you know, it's, definitely a really beautiful thing I love that okay so here's gonna be your I'm gonna call it homework heading out into the world okay what are three activities you do or things you do or movie you know just anything that heighten that feeling that connect with that feeling definitely um when I do intentional art Intentional art. Okay. Yes. Like uh-huh. when I've made created, like when I'm creating with the intention that's for joy, like that's a awesome. very blissful feeling. Um, a new thing that I discovered towards the end of last year, eating pasta in my bathtub, taking a bubble bath. <gasps> yeah. Um, I don't know why I've never done this. I'm 46 <gasps> years old. I'd never done it until last year. I have never done it. It's I'm pretty like- amazing. It's, that sounds incredible. I mean, because I love carbs. Carbs bring me a lot of joy. And yeah. So, and so does a warm tub. So a bubble bath with spaghetti or it's, pasta. It's pretty. Yes. I felt pretty fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Great. And just honestly, you know, um, being in, and I, people that know me are going to laugh about this, but really being in, in nature, I hate hiking. Mm-hmm. I'm not a very active person, but I love being in nature. I mm-hmm. love being in nature and just being able to be like, Mm. those are things that bring me a lot of joy that I want to do more of. Perfect. Maybe getting more active would, will come along with that, but probably not. I foresee myself in a lot of hammocks or a lot of beach chairs. Yes. Oh, I love a good hammocking. Absolutely. But that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So the antidote to that joy, the shit, the, boulder of shame we know what it feels like we know where it lives we know how to identify it and how to talk to it yeah and then we know how to switch into the other where joy lives in your body 
and what she looks like and what she wants to do and how she wants to feel when she's doing it. That is so exciting. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. Like, imagine what happens now when you just start playing with that joy rather than holding the boulder. Well, I'm going to be one of those unhinged women, I guess, that are out there just... I cannot wait to see that. ...living my, my best life. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm so here for it. Thank you so much for Thank joining you very this. much. This was incredible. story healer don't forget to rate review and subscribe i'll see you in the next session as we all change the stories and heal our worlds